it's vaporware. I want to be clear that I like do not think this thing is real. Yeah, there will be nothing positive said about this. Hello and welcome to the Android Police Podcast. My name is Daniel Bader. This week on the show, there will be a lot of swearing. Jules, just get ready for that button because my goodness, Techtober just Yeah, there you Even go. though there's Techtember, which was September. We're talking about November, people. It's a busy month already, and more things are being announced, including, Will, this <laughs> yeah. humane AI pin that is the strangest product I think I can remember being released in a very long time. Yes. We will get to that. It's all about gaming handheld season. We'll talk about this brand new, as we are recording, brand new transparent, slightly bigger OLED Steam Deck. I'm gonna buy it, I know yeah. I will. Yeah. We're also gonna talk about the Legion Go, which just launched from Lenovo. And then uh, there's just a whole bunch of other news to talk about. So we'll get to that in a little bit. But first of all, Will, how are you? I'm good. I broke up a fight between my cats uh, 30 seconds before I joined this call. So we're- <laughs> Oh yeah, we're, how we're, are your cats? They're getting there. They're, oh. they're, uh, <laughs> they're the one is, uh, the kitten is, uh, has a very important vet appointment coming up, which, uh, he will come back, uh, less of a man than he went in. So maybe that'll calm things down. We'll, we'll see. Bob Barker would approve. Bob Barker will be thrilled wherever he is. <laughs> He's in the Adam Sandler movie. Absolutely. I don't want a piece of you. I want the whole thing. Oh! Ara, how was your trip to Texas? It was too short. I should have stayed a little bit longer, but uh, it was good. I actually, you know, ate three square meals a day and actually saw the sun and interacted with human beings. It's a weird thing. <laughs> it is amazing how your family forces you to do strange things like be around them and <laughs> eat with them, you know? The biggest thing going on for me this week is that I am no longer wearing a smartwatch. Oh. So I decided, Why? yeah, so I got... Like Instagram ad red pilled. Oh God! I went to one website, one website. Uh Like I got a targeted ad Uh for a really nice looking analog watch, and I went to the website. And folks, let me tell you, don't do that unless you really know the consequences, because literally every single Instagram ad I see now is for another beautiful, not too expensive analog watch, and that's all I want now. It's, I'm, I'm thinking about it constantly. See, this is why you need to interact with multiple ads so you keep some variety in the feed. <laughs> Honestly, it's just inundating me and they are nice and they're like $400. So they're just expensive enough that I feel like they're a premium thing, but not too expensive that I'm not like buying a Rolex. And yeah, so anyway, I in order to like quell the need to buy this new thing I don't need. I pulled out a nice analog watch that I inherited from my dad. It's actually a really beautiful old wind-up Omega. So it's like a classy metal strap watch from 1970. Feels very good to wear it when you, after wearing a, a watch that's like air on your wrist, this feels substantial. And it does one thing, and it does it really well, except if I forget to wind it, and then it doesn't do that one thing at all. <laughs> so, um, but besides that, yeah, it's been it's been fun. So, okay, where do we want to start? Because 
do we want to just like do the humane AI thing and then just go from there? Because I say let's get the little stuff out of the way because I feel like once we get to Epic and all the other stuff, we're just gonna go like we did last week. Okay, so let's start with humane because sure. this is this is something I've I think everybody who listens to this podcast has probably seen some sort of vaporware announcement. I mean, <laughs> this is giving me Magic Leap vibes. Absolutely. And I think let's just go over what this is, Will, and and then we can talk about whether or not it will be the vaporware equivalent of a Magic Leap or something like that. Well, I think the problem is that it's not completely clear what it like it I can tell you what it's trying to be what they're is, saying it is what they're saying yeah. right which is it, it it's an AI powered pin the promise of this thing has been it shows up on your hand basically right like it was originally promoted as a way to like have a phone without a phone and like get rid of the distractions and it's now kind of like supposed to connect to various AI models such as Microsoft and OpenAI to talk back to you because everything is like voice commands. I think it says a lot that even like the Verge's write-up of this has a paragraph that starts with the question is what this thing can actually do. The reason that this has vaporware written all over it aside from like everything else about it is like it's the promise of buzzword plus novel design plus like unspecified features equals like this thing's never coming out. And if it does, you probably shouldn't buy it. Yeah. I mean, it's like, this thing would basically mint NFTs if it was yes. released two years yes. ago. Yeah. And if it was released 18 months ago, it would connect you into the metaverse. Like it, that's yeah. literally what it is. And it's <laughs> yeah. five years ago, it would mine Bitcoin or something while you walked around. Actually, someone <laughs> should do that. Someone should make a pedometer that mines Bitcoin as you walk. Uh, that's a right. It's like, the the hamster wheel there we the go human hamster exactly wheel. let's also talk about the fact that while this doesn't actually say on the tin what it's designed to do i think the fact that it is sort of giving us a another way of interacting with technology is its most novel aspect here right it's obfuscating the operating system from the input model. So the idea here is that because it is connected to GPT-4, and because it can take voice as its primary input, the goal is that you speak to it like, um, can what's I just... the guy's name from her? Twombly? Oh my uh, God. <laughs> Nathan Twombly, was, was that his name? In her? Sorry, Ari, yeah, go ahead. I, I was just going to say, this This has a couple of concepts that I would have wondered and wanted for a while, but this thing looks like a bulky, ugly-ass communicator from Star Trek. The functions that it seems to serve sound a little bit more like the net He's like, oh, you're supposed to be able to talk to it, and it'll like direct you to certain tools when you need it. It'll talk to you when you need some kind of interaction, but apparently don't have humans around you, I guess, like me. Um, but it just, everything feels so clunky and unneeded this is something that i don't even see the value in it as a toy at least for some of the other vaporware products that we have seen in the last three years at least it seemed like it served some purpose yeah i guess so i mean i want to be the devil's advocate here mm -hmm. on the side of taking big leaps and i think to that end like humane which has been in stealth mode for years now 
a lot of VC funding has gone into this company. I think it has a long-term plan here, like many hardware startups, and whether or not it goes the direction of like a magic leap or it goes in, in the other direction of say a OnePlus or something, although who knows, I mean, OnePlus kind of started, now we know it was backed by BBK, but like 10 years ago, not really. But I think what's interesting is that the idea of reclaiming voice as a primary input and using AI, which is something that Google and Amazon have made a big deal about this year, refactoring their smart assistants to work within the modal idea of a chat GPT, where you ask it something and it doesn't just say, I don't know how to do that, but it actually figures out what you're trying to say. I think that actually makes a lot of sense, but it's clunky. I mean, we don't know how clunky it is yet because we haven't used it, but it's clunky in the sense that like in Star Trek, the only reason the people in Star Trek talk to their computer out loud is because we are watching them do it, <laughs> you know? Yeah. The yeah. ideal input method there would be to, to use your brain to talk to this computer, which I'm sure by the year 22, whatever, they could have figured out how to do. And I still think talking out loud to any system is inherently bad. It's just a bad input mechanism for most of, like, what if you're in a meeting? You're, you're, this thing is useless. That's where it falls off for me. And then there's the other part of it where there's a, a camera, and we've tried this before. There have been products where you clip it onto your lapel, and it just takes a photo every 30 seconds or so. And it, it's like, remember the life, was it called? Um, not life hacking, life logging. Right, yes. this idea of like you have these Google even released. I was something. about to it's say Google Clips. This thing looks exactly like the Clips. Actually, now that you say that, like it looks so much like the Clips, it's kind of uncanny. Yes, that was in 2018. Are you serious? I would have, I would have guessed 2014. I cannot believe they tried this five years ago. That's wild. So years and years ago, this company called Narrative, yeah, had a Kickstarter campaign for a product called the Narrative Clip. And it was essentially exactly that. It was a lapel-based camera that just sat, it was very nondescript, and it took a photo every 30 seconds and then uploaded it to an app, to the cloud, and it did a whole bunch of stuff and it like let you either manually curate those photos or it like put it together HTZ Zoe style into a lovely montage that you could put on your socials, right? But the idea that you didn't have to have any interaction with this thing, I think, is, was its most appealing aspect. Yeah. And I think that is actually quite useful. Now we have a bit more processing power, plus the fact we haven't even talked about the $24 a month <laughs> um, white label. Yeah, yeah. yeah. $700 T-Mobile in 24, month, $24 a month, which is um, yeah. stupid, I would say. Do you need the $24 a month? plan for unlimited calling, texting, and data through T-Mobile, or like, can it just connect to Wi-Fi? That is a great question. Uh, Yeah, it's unclear. It feels like it probably wants you to spend that $24, but either way, like, yes, this looks very similar to the narrative clip to Google Clips, but what's cool about this potentially is, you know, it can do all the things that those other products couldn't because it's not just a camera. It can use that camera, it can use the voice input to tell you about what's going on around you. We've also seen, I don't know if you saw that TED Talk where 
it projected very basic images onto a hand. Like, have you ever seen um, that show on Prime called Upload? You know you can walk on water whenever you want. No way. Uh, I I know what I know what show I, I know seen what it, I know it is, but I out. can't bring myself to watch it yet. There's so it's much. It's actually else on my very list. good. It's very it's much better than than it sounds. But the way like all of their phones are basically, I mean, I don't know exactly what the hardware is, but it, what they do is they hold their thumb and forefinger out to make like an L, okay. and the phone screen essentially lives in that square between their thumb and their forefinger. Okay. And then if you if you're finished with it, you just close your finger and it goes away. Or you like you close your hand. Yeah. And this is what that feels like, right? Where yeah. like if you want to project a very, you know, a song playing Somebody. or I assume like a little bit of news or whatever, it's very it's like gesture based. Uh you can likely call up specific pieces of information if you want to read it. It's unclear if you can like point the camera at somebody and say, Who is this? and then hold out your hand and it'll like tell you so is is this because i feel like the original idea was for this to replace your phone is this supposed to replace my phone currently or is this in add-on to like what am i doing with this i guess is my like like what am i paying all this money for like i can't call an uber with this right like i can't yet okay i mean i guess like that that is the goal right is that eventually this is going to be an ecosystem where you should be able to call an Uber, right? Because this has a Snapdragon SOC inside of it. It has a modem. It it has a phone number, right? All of the things that a phone has. Think about the way that Google or Amazon has over the years tried to make your phone usable with voice so that technically, or even maybe a better equivalent would be Google Pixel Buds Pro, right? Where you have OKG available at all times and while you do need a phone near you to accomplish the processing and the connecting to the internet, you can still, for a lot of things, use your earbuds just to ask questions of Google and to get things going. Or say an LTE-powered smartwatch where you don't have a full oh, yeah. retinue of smartphone capabilities, but you have just enough where if you left your phone at right. home, you should be okay. You led me exactly where I was going to go, which is um, we know... Google is bringing Bard to Assistant. Let's assume Assistant with Bard comes to the Pixel Watch 2 or a future Pixel Watch. Is an LTE-enabled Pixel Watch running Bard uh, just the death of this thing? Because it sounds like I'd rather have that. That's probably more reliable of an experience, a more established platform while, like, basically accomplishing the same goals like both on the ai front and the minimized computer front yeah yeah okay well let's hope that happens because uh that sounds like a more reliable way to get this experience i guess it doesn't have a projector i guess you lose the projector which also one more thing i just have to knock on this like unless you wear like a suit i don't see anybody clip like and I'm somebody who, like, I collect and trade pins when I'm at a theme park. I never see anybody in public outside of a theme park or a convention ever wear something pinned to their chest. Maybe a jacket. Maybe a jacket Maybe. with a couple pins. But yeah, for the most part, I would I would agree with you. Although, you know, we got to we gotta start somewhere, right? Which is why I'm, I'm all in on the uh, Humane AI pin. I've actually come around uh, <laughs> launching early next year, allegedly. We'll see. Can I eat this? Yes, dragon fruits are low in sugar. Hey, what should I get here? 
我在这里该点什么呢？哇，这回是做 play songs from the last time we were here. Catch me up. Lucy called, and your flight is at 7 a.m. Tell Lucy I'm on my way. So I mean, here's the interesting thing. If you go to the landing page for this AI pin, yeah, it shows you a group conversation that you're having with friends. It says. Important calls or texts from those outside of your trusted contacts can still come through as needed. Your AI pin is informed by your interactions of what takes priority and lets you know when those non-trusted contacts have reached you. You can get phone calls. So, oh, so you, it wants you to have a, a set of trusted contacts. It wants to eliminate unnecessary notifications. But for all intents and purposes, like this could act as your. Phone from like a messaging perspective, at least for SMS, that's what it's it seems like for now. But doesn't really take into account that like most people hate just like group texts because somebody's on Android and everybody else is on iMessage, or they want to use WhatsApp or Telegram or Signal or any other number of apps. Just like the basic group text is dying because it's a terrible experience. AI DJ. I don't know if, what it's powered by, but you can play music. It does seem to me like this is doing what those lightweight smartphone replacements are supposed to do, where it wants to remove you from the interaction of being with tech and just let you focus on having tech help you do. Yeah, like that little palm, that micro palm phone from a couple of years back. Yes,、um, the Plam. What's it called?、Uh, <laughs> Not the pixie. The, it the was just palm. palm phone. It was just palm phone. Oh, it was just called palm. Oh, you're right. It was.、Yeah. It was just called palm phone. Also, a 2018. Another gadget that feels、product. like it was launched in like 2015. That year, man. I don't know what was going on in the waters of Silicon Valley that year, but、uh, something. Or do you remember Steph Curry was an investor and was the spokesperson for the palm phone? Can I just say that I feel like this thing could have maybe gone somewhere if it wasn't a phone that relied on you having another phone. <laughs> Yes, it's、well, true, but also it was a Sprint exclusive. Verizon, which, Verizon, again, Verizon. Oh, sorry, no, you're right. Verizon, it was Verizon. But it was, I, I remember it being like a, a CDMA phone. Yeah, it was a it was a full on requirement that this was like a smartphone style add on to your already existing plan. So it was it was it was your going out phone for Friday night, basically. But like, I would have just used this. They should have just made this as a normal phone. Yeah. We're way off. <laughs> oh yes, it's plan. It's it, it was it was a bad plan, is what it was. So okay, so let's let's、uh, let's let's see plan. I apologize for saying that this was going to be the short one. <laughs> yeah, but we knew that wasn't true. Yeah, we're just gaslighting you. Unfortunately, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay, so here's the other part of it, right? Is that everything that this captures, and again, this goes back to what I like about this product. It has a camera on it. It clips to your lapel. It can capture moments through your life and then upload them.、It、can also capture video, which a lot of those other early life logging products could not. The battery life on this thing is apparently like all day, which is good. It has an operating system. This is what I think is interesting, right? Is that like again the narrative clip, like Google Clips, they weren't products that had their own OS. They didn't have an ecosystem that could have been built out. And I think as ambitious as this is. And it is ambitious. I mean, let's be clear here. I think this is one of those products that will probably not exist in five years. But if it does, the version of what this is in ten years from now is going to be 
very different. But if they can iterate on this operating system and actually get hooks in there and get developers interested in this. And again, like if you think about what is powering the core of the interactions, it's ChatGPT, it's, it's OpenAI, right? They have partnerships with Microsoft and OpenAI. Those companies are not getting out of the AI game anytime soon. So if every year, if this is here in a year, they release GPT-5 and GPT-6, this will just get better the way that your phone just gets better through software updates. So I'm cautiously optimistic that they have a long enough term plan and they have enough funding where they can burn through half a billion dollars in a couple of years because that's what's going to happen here. I like stuff like this. I get excited when I see stuff like this because it has a theory of how we currently interact with tech that forces our faces down to the floor too often. And I get caught up in that as everybody does. And I think there is something to be said for having a product that is capable of doing many of the same things as a phone without the screen that's keeping us locked into that thing. So that is my cautiously optimistic take on yeah. this product. Not to linger on this, but my pessimism comes just from skepticism that it'll even launch. I think it's easier to try to wonder what this could be when it's a product that you could theoretically buy. You know, I don't think it'll be in Best Buy or whatever, but that you could buy from Humane's website as opposed to like this 10 minute kind of weird, kind of boring video that they put up today as their announcement. Like for something that feels like it has hype behind it, it was not a particularly like interesting demo. I think it's obvious that Silicon Valley in general is like trying so hard to figure out what is beyond the smartphone because I do think people, especially people working at tech companies, feel the way you do, Daniel, which is that we spend too much time looking down or, you know, at least away from other people. And I mean, even down to like, even Apple's Vision Pro is like a, like even they're thinking about this, which I think shows you where that attitude is. But at the same time, I wonder if, and this is a North American problem, and maybe we can use this to pivot to like a brief story this week before we talk about Epic. But um, my concern is that stuff like, and I mean, this is a problem of Apple's own making, I guess, but like specifically in North America, like iMessage lock-in is going to keep people from ever wanting to try anything like this because it's like, well, but then I'll lose all my Apple stuff. And so I just wonder if people are so trenched into whatever ecosystem they're already in. Mm -hmm. And in, in most cases right now it's Apple that like this stuff doesn't even have a shot to get off the ground because no one is going to want to abandon their group chats, right? Yeah, I yeah. I, no, again, like I don't think this is meant to replace anybody's phone, not for a long time, if ever. Yeah, I think what might happen is what happened with the Apple Watch in like the third or fourth gen when Apple released an LTE powered version of the Apple Watch, Carrier started discounting them and then bundling that service into existing plans. So I'll give you an Apple Watch for 50 bucks if you spend $10 a month more to put, say, smartwatch data on your existing plan, right? This may just be another version of that where you buy a phone from Samsung, let's say, and Samsung sees that it's never gonna make something like this, but let's get into a partnership with 
Humane to bundle this product for an extra $200. And all you do is you spend $5 a month more on your plan, right? And then maybe there's like a custom version of this OS that's meant for Samsung phones that works better. I don't know. I mean, that's just how I'm thinking about this. Humane will never survive if it just goes alone at this, right? Nobody's going to buy this set for $700 and 25 bucks a month. But if it does what Apple realized very quickly with the Apple Watch, that it's not a piece of jewelry, but it's just a smartphone assistant that happens to be really good at a couple things your smartwatch isn't, which I think this could very well be. Uh, yeah, it, it might be successful. We'll see. All right, let's move on. I've been interested in this trial for a while. This is Google versus Epic or Epic versus Google. In 2020, when Epic decided to just blow up the app store paradigm on iOS and Android, it allowed people to buy V-Bucks directly for like 12 hours. <laughs> I don't know well, exactly how less, long it was. Less, less. It was. It was like it flipped a switch at like noon and by 3 p.m. the app was off the app store and the play store. Right. Yeah. So as a result, because they contravened the the contract that they signed when they became Google developers and app store developers, they uh, were kicked out. Fortnite was kicked out. Then if you recall, Epic released this 1984 style ad, essentially saying that we are fighting against the incumbents. We have taken our tribute, our Then they sued Apple and Google, right? Apple's trial started 2021. It resolved with not a whole lot of victory for either side. Epic did not really win, but it got a steering provision that forced Apple to allow for links outside of the App Store. So that, for example, before the steering provision was allowed, Spotify could say, we can sell you a premium subscription and give 30% of that cut to Apple. Or if it decided not to, it just could not mention anything about a, a premium subscription in the app. It would say, we can't talk about this. Go to the website and figure it out. Now, the steering provision allows Spotify or Epic or anybody to add a link inside the app to a web view that will then allow them to go and sign up for the premium subscription, which gets around the 30% cut. Now, in some countries like the Netherlands and Korea, Apple and Google have been forced to either change the cut that they give developers. So developers are allowed to charge or to, to allow for other like third-party payment processors. Again, Apple figured out a way to basically get that 30% cut back by charging exorbitant processing fees through the App Store. And then Google has over time made it easier for third-party app stores to exist by saying that they are keeping security high, but you don't have to click 15 times to install the Epic Game Store or whatever, or like Aurora. Now, the trial has come out, and we know a few things, right? Epic thinks that Google and Apple, but Google specifically, has a monopoly when it comes to app distribution on Android. Android is objectively a much bigger player than Apple, there are more apps in the Play Store than in the App Store, and there are many, many more people around the world that use Android phones, especially in developing markets, than 
iPhone. So the prospect of Epic winning here means that this could impact more people. At the same time, while Apple has never allowed third-party app stores, Google has always allowed them. As difficult as it may be to install them and as many security pop-ups as you may get, there's never been a problem. In fact, Epic had its own app store for a while on Android before getting rid of it and sort of subsuming the whole thing into the Epic app, which is basically just a Fortnite launcher. Epic then got into bed with Samsung and made it an exclusive way to distribute Fortnite before it came back to the Play Store last year. So now we're at this point where a lot of the discovery is coming out. And one of the really interesting pieces of information here is that Google offered Epic $147 million to launch Fortnite on the Play Store before it launched on the App Store. That is a huge amount of money. Just to think about that for a second. This is not necessarily to be an exclusive distributor, but to launch it beforehand. And then it would have been dispensed over three years, according to The Verge. Basically, yeah, Google and Epic have been through a lot of discussion here. Google wanted to avoid what's called, quote, contagion risk, so that if developers like Epic decided to pull Fortnite from the Play Store, other big name players like King and Blizzard and Rovio, they may follow suit, right? And say, this is not a safe place for our apps to be. We are not, it's not worth our time and our costs to be on the Play Store. We're either going to distribute this independently as APKs or we're just not gonna be on Android altogether. So that's kind of where we are now. What are your immediate thoughts on this, Will? Because I find this whole tack to be very different than the tack Epic took with Apple, where Epic really went at the jugular with Apple and said, they have an anti-competitive lock on app distribution. They force developers to adhere to this egregious 70-30 split. And they really incentivize their own apps and their own distribution models over those of competitors. Whereas on this side, they're like, Google's too big, they have too much power, and their negotiating tactics are underhanded. There's just a, a bunch of small things that we're going to hit them with and see if any of them stick with the jury. As you said, I think the jury is a big part of this, right? This is not a, a what is it, bench trial is what it's called, right? Or, or when, it, when a judge decides, it's a jury yeah. trial. Like, it is 12 people, like... 12 angry gamers. 12 angry gamers. Aaron Sorkin, I need you right. to start <laughs> writing Sorkin's that. next big hit. Right now. It's these kids the way they are nowadays. Which I think changes the tactics from the jump because you're like, okay, well, we're not trying to convince one person. We're trying to convince 12 people. And frankly, like, they're going to be convinced by different things than a judge will be, right? And so, but at, at the other hand, I think it's also just like, you look at Google's earning reports and it's so easy to see of like how much money the Play Store rolls in for them on a quarterly basis, basically through no part, right? Like like Google doesn't really have to, like obviously there is maintenance done to the Play Store, but for the most part, they just provide a platform and then they bring in a cool 15 to 30% of profit from things, right? And so like, I think going this tactic of being like, look how important it is to them that they keep us and others in the Play Store because they can pay this insane dollar amount, right? Because they know they're going to make, 
a hundred times this. I think it's an interesting strategy as opposed to like kind of the Apple trial from a, a year ago. It's just broader in general, yeah. right? Yeah. There's also, I mean, there's kind of two sides of this argument. Epic is a big company that just wants to enrich itself. And Google is a big company that wants to enrich itself. And that is the very straight business side of the argument. And then there's the other side, which is like Epic and Tim Sweeney in particular is a rebel. And he is in it for the little guy who has no leverage. And that 70-30 split is unfair to any company that has to try to stick it out in this ecosystem. And if a company decides that they don't want to launch their game on either the App Store or the Play Store, even if they decided to just like put it on APK Mirror, like go all in rainbows with it and say like, please give us your money. We would love to get some of that cash because we need your support. Launch a Patreon, launch a Kickstarter, whatever it might be. The reality is that if your game isn't on the Play Store, it doesn't exist for most people. And that is true. That's true. And I think Google understood this because it reportedly paid Activision a lot of money to not launch its own app store on Android, right? So there is the other side of the argument where companies that can launch third-party app stores, Epic decided to do this, but it didn't really have a lot of games on there. Fortnite was the primary one. But Activision owns King. King creates Candy Crush and many, many, many other games that make Google a ton of money. And if Google thought that it was doing its due diligence by spending a lump sum to prevent Activision from leaving the Play Store in this so-called contagion, then its business acumen suggested that it should do that. But that does suggest that it saw third-party app stores as a potential competitor to its own core business model. And even though it says, yeah, any company can go out and put its own app store out there, no problem, we won't make it hard for you. Why would it resort to spending $100 million just to prevent Activision from doing that? So there's a lot of merit to some of what Epic is saying here, but at the same time, I'm not convinced this will sway a jury. Frankly, you can't ask a jury not to take Google's name and brand recognition into account when making these decisions. And I think like the last time there was a big poll, Google was like one of the most beloved companies in America. Like when it came to the core product that it produced, like you and I may think like Google kills products all the time and people may not trust Google as a company. But like if you just think of like a core technology that people trust more than any other, I would say Google search is at the top of that list. And that I think is hard to detangle from this idea that Google owns a monopoly in the Play Store. Because from my perspective, if I'm an Android user, I open the Play Store, it's a pretty welcoming place. You get to play most games for free. That's a great way to be, right? Like nobody's forcing you to buy in-app purchases. Nobody's forcing you to do all these things. You can just, you can play hours of games for free. That's great. Sign up for the Play Pass. You get all these premium games with your discount, right? Like it's all bundled to make Google look good. But I don't know if this is going to have a lot of sway on a jury that's like, this is Google here. Like Tim Sweeney's the bad guy and Google's like the good guy. 
So we'll see. I, I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on this, Ara, when you, when you think about how this is going to play out? I have a lot of trouble believing that anybody is going to look at Google and say, oh, yeah, this is the quote-unquote good guy here. We're in a period where big tech is not really being trusted, so I don't see a jury bending over backwards to try and acquiesce to Google on this. Regardless of the You're fact that it's... I think Google has more of a fight that it has to do... Oh, no. I set off my Nest audio. Chain <laughs> um, reaction. Yeah. I think Epic has a little bit less ground to stand on with Google than it did with Apple, because Apple, yeah, you it clearly had a monopoly. It was basically the only way to get apps onto an iPhone. For Google, it's a matter of, in 2015, third-party app installs outside of the Play Store sucked, but it's been almost a decade, and installing apps from outside of the Play Store is, God, I think it's three clicks now, and that's it. Yeah, I also think we just need to point to the Galaxy Store as an example of what a, six, quote, successful third-party app store looks like on Android. Yeah. It is a wasteland in there. You yeah. open, like, Oppo has an app market that's available to users outside of China. It's also a wasteland, right? If you go to the Huawei app market, even though, like, technically Huawei still sells phones outside of China. I love how you have to say technically for that. <laughs> technically. But I mean, the ability to fork android and create your own app ecosystem there is is available to anybody but i think like the galaxy store is the example of this is on every single samsung phone samsung makes up what 80 percent of android market share in most countries and it's still terrible it's terrible in 2023 samsung has had 10 years to figure this out 10 years to make the galaxy store a viable alternative and it doesn't. It just it, there's no impetus for Samsung to do that. Now, is that a result of Samsung not having the market power to compete with Google? I don't think so. Samsung puts a whole bunch of its apps on the front page of your home screen. Whether or not Samsung was forced not to put the Galaxy Store next to the Play Store is a question that this trial may answer, although I, I doubt it. But Nobody is like saying Samsung cannot promote its Galaxy Store to high heaven when you start using a Samsung phone. But I just think Samsung recognizes that like the only reason you open the Galaxy Store is to download Goodlock and then you never yeah, I, open if, it. Yeah. If, if there is anyone listening to this that has used the Galaxy Store to download something that isn't Goodlock or its various add-ons... Please write in the Or to show. update the pre-installed sure, apps. Sure, sure. Right, right. To, to go and download like a random app that has nothing to do with like with Goodlock or Samsung's other like modification apps or to update your existing apps. Yeah, I want I want to hear from you. I have a feeling we won't get many emails on it, but I'm curious. I also would say, I mean, the other example that I think you missed, Daniel, of an alternative app store on Android is the Amazon app store. Oh yeah, I must. I, I how could I have missed that? <laughs> which which I would say is is more successful than than the Galaxy Store. Like, as in there are actual apps on it that you might want to download, primarily because of the the Fire Tablet line. It's still bad. You will still frequently. It's not just missing Google apps, but it's missing all sorts of stuff. When I I reviewed a what was it? The Fire. Oh my God, eleven Fire. 11 what is the tab the, the 11 inch tablet called whatever um it, it's the not fire is it max okay max yes i reviewed that over the summer and like slack's not on it like 
It, it, that thing, oh, that's a shame. Like, you can't do your work on a Fire Tablet Max. But, but they, okay, I, they, they pushed it that way, right? Where it's like got a keyboard or whatever. But my point is that like even the quote unquote most successful alternative app store that had like, I mean, the Amazon app store, I want to say launched with a Super Bowl ad. It was a thing. And that still can't get the most essential workplace app on its storefront. Yeah. I want you to go just this just for shits and giggles, but sure. go to the Play Store right now okay. and see the app that comes up when, like the, the 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 first app in the carousel. Tell me what it's called for games or apps. Games, okay. Which is the default page, by the way, when you go to the Play Store. I got the first thing at the top. Yeah, Free Fire Max uh, now on PC. Free with Google Play Fire Max. Thank you. <laughs> I just want that to sink in. The game that Google is promoting on the front page of the Play Store. This is high value real estate a game next to call of duty mobile is a yeah. game called free fire max it's not even which is it's it's promoting it on pc it's telling me to PC. play it on pc correct and it's it is a, a beta. game yeah it is just like this to me is is why android the the play store is I'm not going to say it's a laughing stock. It's bad. To the it's app bad. Store. It, like I, I, I don't think. I'm sorry. Like I know. I know. Sometimes people don't like when we hate on stuff too much. But like the Play Store is like a bad experience now. Like it, it is a pretty terrible place to be. It yeah. doesn't. It doesn't reinforce Google's primacy here. It just exposes the fact that developers see a lot of developers see Android as a necessary evil, and the Play Store as a necessary evil to distribute those apps. And that's really it, right? Like. Sure, you go to the iOS homepage and you see garbage like them promoting the latest free-to-play Rovio game. And you're like, okay, that sucks. Like, you know, why do you need gems to play Tetris? But like, that's not the Play Store or App Store's fault. I mean, it kind of is. Actually, let, let me, let me back is. this. It, it, it is. It is. Yeah. It is. It's their fault. But I'm saying there still seems like there's a sense of community that cares about the App Store as a primary distribution platform for new products. And that has truly never been the case on Android, unless it's like an Android-specific thing, like a, I don't know, a launcher or like an icon pack and stuff. And I don't want to relitigate the last decade of like Google's Play Store antics and how it's gotten here, but I don't know. It just, it does feel messy. Like the state that we're in right now it just feels messy. It feels like quality is low and Google's fine with that because those are the games that gross the most money. They've developed a symbiotic relationship with developers to release low quality, high grossing free-to-play games and that's kind of it. And like, if that's what Epic is trying to compete against, please like be my guest, disrupt that model because that model sucks. It sucks on iOS and it sucks on Android. Now, we'll talk about this in a minute because I think one of the other parts of the argument is the reason app stores are successful is because of free-to-play games and mobile gaming is getting a hell of a lot better on other non-smartphone platforms and even on smartphone platforms on iOS. I was going to say, even on iOS, yeah. You've got RE4 coming up before the end of the year. Like that, That has a release date now and it's like... I did a poll this weekend and granted the winning selection was I already have a place to play games and it's not my phone. So I, I won't buy modern console games on Android, but like there's not even an option there. Even if you wanted to, like there are good Android phone controllers and it's like, 
if you want this experience right now, like you either have to go to like a dedicated handset or you have to go to like iOS and it does not feel like Google is doing anything to try to get, you know, Resident Evil 4 or Death Stranding or Assassin's Creed on the Play Store. Because why would they care? Frankly, no one's probably going to buy it on Android. Like, that's why it's the free-to-play model. Like, that's what people download. Like, people are not going to... People struggle to pay $5 for a game. They're not going to pay 60 So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a struggle. That's it. That's exactly it. This is a problem of... So I, I think I, I want to go back to what I just said, right? It's, this is not, this is not a, the fault of the Play Store and the App Store as distribution models, right? Because those, I think, make a lot of sense, right? If you're, and I buy the idea that like having a centralized repository for high quality content is a really good thing. What happened though was Angry Birds. What happened was in 2010, some genius decided to release a really mediocre game for a dollar. And Google and Apple were like, yes, let's do that. And when that, started to die down, the culture inside of those app stores locked onto in-app purchases. And then we have this strange separation where you can get a game on Android or iOS for like five bucks, and that equivalent game on the Switch store is like $20. And you're like, which do you think the developer prefers to sell on, right? Which are they gonna put more marketing effort into? Which companies do they have better relationships with? Do you think like some indie studio that sells a game for $20 on the Twitch store is going to have a better relationship with Nintendo, whose like sole purpose is to help developers sell games? Or Google and Apple, where Google is like, yeah, you can sell for five bucks, but we don't really know who you are. And like, I think the answer speaks for itself and why Google and Apple have gotten themselves into this mess. So. Now we're in this position where like the Lenovo Legion Go and the Steam Deck OLED and the ROG Ally are just like the same size as a Switch, slightly bigger than your iPhone 15 Pro Max or Galaxy S23 Ultra, and like are purpose-built to do one thing really well. And that's just not true of your phone, even though Apple has been saying like their chips can play Baldur's Gate 3 no problem, like they're still all-purpose devices. So, yeah, anyway, that's where we are right now with the Apple or the uh, Google V Epic trial. Let's talk about the Steam Deck OLED and the Lenovo Legion Go. So, Will, this is a brand new version of the Steam Deck. It has a 90 hertz OLED display. What else does it have and why am I going to buy it right after the show? Uh, It has a more efficient chipset. It is not necessarily a new chipset but it is made on a on a six nanometer process instead of a a seven nanometer it's got wi-fi 6e for faster downloads it's got a larger 50 watt hour battery for up to 12 hours of gameplay it's rated at the minimum of three although let's be clear you are never ever going to get 12 hours of battery that's not true i'm gonna play oh fuck what's that uh uh (laughs) shit i'm gonna try to make a joke about um some ASCII game, and I can't, I can't think of the name anymore. Uh, that's fine. I'm gonna play Oregon Trail. Dwarf like no, I was gonna make a Dwarf Zork. Fortress joke. I was gonna make a Dwarf oh my Fortress God. joke that I was gonna play twelve hours of Good Dwarf Fortress, no problem. Anyway, it is very much a Switch OLED in which that this is a mid-cycle refresh. 
it comes in black, but it has this like slick looking limited edition one terabyte model with a see-through case that you don't have to modify to get and and these red highlights uh on the fans and the joysticks that just look so fucking cool and (laughs) daniel and i are both going to compete for them even though it says quantities are highly limited because they are in the u.s and canada so uh you know next thursday or whatever when they go up for (laughs) pre-order daniel and i are going to be racing to get it i would assume but as someone who has like held off over and over again on a Steam Deck, kind of waiting for either a competitor that best sit or just a successor model that is more powerful, I think this is what I want. I am aware that it is not more powerful, but frankly, I don't play a ton of AAA games. I know like Starfield's not a great experience on it, but I'm not going to play Starfield, so it's fine. I think this will run 99% of my Steam library, like no problem, and it will do it. On a slightly larger OLED screen with a slightly bigger battery and faster Wi-Fi performance. And to me, that is pretty much what I wanted. My biggest holdout was that I'm so used to the OLED switch, the display on that, and how good I think it is for a 720p screen that I was going to find it difficult to go to an LCD panel on the Steam Deck. And this basically fixes that. And so I think next Thursday I'm going to spend somewhere between 550 and $700 on a Ooh. on an OLED Steam Deck. Don't make me so happy that I'm just content to be over here playing Stardew Valley on my Chromebook and on my phone. You're that person. Yeah, you, yeah. You're the person I that's am. satisfied with like a $5 mobile game who's just like played the same thing. My wife, I just, I just told my wife, uh, it'll be 10. So I bought uh, threes for her in 2014 I'm just s- on a whim. Mm-hmm. like one of the best mobile games of all it's time so fun so yes. i you, you it's so funny you bring this up because we did we ran out of time in the segment but i'm gonna do it now that is my go-to example for why mobile gaming is fucked because i bought threes when i was in college when it came out and i loved it and then like a month later 2048 came out and you know what everyone played it was 2048, yep. 2048. A, a much worse version of that game 2048 Correct. is not nearly as good as threes in both visually and just gameplay wise like threes was a harder game right 2048 was beat like within its week like threes took months i think for someone to get like a perfect game right Mm -hmm. and and i can remember playing threes and being the only person that game was three (laughs) dollars and no one wanted to buy it just like the biggest criticism i have of mobile app stores yeah is that a game called Stumble Guys is <laughs> considered one of the best mobile games released in the last few years, and it's still one of the most popular. Like, that's just it, right? Like, you just, there's yeah. no, intel- like, nobody gives a shit about copying the popular stuff, and that's fine. I mean, Stardew Valley is a classic. It's great. So all the power to you, Ara. I, I just think, like, if you look at the specs of this OLED Steam Deck, they really should have upgraded the APU. They made it more efficient, but like this isn't a switch. This is a PC. Yeah, I I think I agree. They're charging with you. more for uh, it. I I'm still probably gonna play. This is still a Zen two. They could have done a an, a version of this. I mean, I'm sure it would have been far more expensive and just yeah. more complicated. But this is not about maintaining backward compatibility with your library the way that the Switch OLED needed to be. This is a freaking Windows uh, Linux P- like it's basically a Steam PC like. You don't need to do that. This could have been a little faster. It has a 90 hertz display. Like, let's, come on. They could have just gone all the way here. And I'm surprised that Valve decided to keep this identical performance. 
And I wonder if it comes out in some like teardown that like they couldn't have, or the yeah. tech wasn't, or some leak reveals that like they were working on a Zen 3 version and it wasn't ready yet. So they decided to stick with just a slightly more efficient version of the Zen 2 version. But I don't know, something doesn't smell right to me about this. So by all available data, the Switch OLED was supposed to be a new 3DS situation where it was more powerful, right? Like, and, and the pandemic mm-hmm. screwed up that idea, right? They they didn't ship it with a different chip, which was, th- all the rumors came true except for the more powerful aspect of it. And it seemed like they basically, at the last second, because of COVID-related chip issues, held back on doing that. And not that this would be COVID chip issues, but like, is it possible this was supposed to have a different chip in it than a Zen 2 chip? And instead they were like, now nah, just put that in. Or maybe not. Maybe because they, they, they have been saying for months now that a successor is not coming soon, which again, this is not like you can still buy. So they're discontinuing the 64 and 512 gigabyte LCD models. You can buy them right now at a lower price. You can buy the 64 gig model for 350, which is like pretty good deal to be honest because you can switching that drive is really easy they're keeping the 256 lcd model as the starter price at 400 and then the two oled models at 550 and 650 but like it is very clear that this is still the steam deck one it is now just a better version of what was already available but to me as someone who doesn't daniel do you have a steam deck i don't remember i do i do okay I think that's the thing, which is that for me, as someone who didn't buy, who hasn't bought a Steam Deck, who like held off on the Ally, considered it, didn't buy it, didn't really think about the Legion Go, to be honest, because I think it's too big. This thing has a much better display. It's got better networking. It's got better battery life. It's lighter. I think it's 30 grams lighter. All of that stuff is like, those were the other issues, like... I don't know if performance was what was keeping me from necessarily buying a a first-gen Steam Deck. Not that this isn't also a first-gen Steam Deck, but now that those things are better here, that basically makes me want to, like, ready to buy one. I mean, that's basically what this is. I think the mid-cycle refresh is... To convince people like me to drop $600 on it? Yeah, I mean, like the PS5 Slim, or whatever it's called, like the updated PS5, not that much smaller arguably uglier than the og i told maddie this last night it looks like a chinese knockoff it does it really doesn't look like a real thing and yet and yet like this is going to replace the ps5 and it's not even getting a price cut is it like it's it's just the same digital version is more expensive right that's that's yeah so 50 dollars more yeah it's very strange the whole thing is weird anyway that's it tell us what you think about the steam deck oled we'd love to hear from you as We'd love to hear about anything else we talked about on today's show. Tell us what you want to hear more of, because as I said, we are threatening to make this into not just an Android show. We want to take down the Vergecast is my goal here. We want to make sure that I'm interviewing President Obama, not just Nilay Patel next time. So make that happen for me, folks. Tell people about this show if you liked it. Maybe I'll interview, I don't know, Anthony Blinken or something. I'll take it. Whatever, whatever. I'll take any interviews. Just, just send them my way. What made right. you pick Blinken? <laughs> I'll take Anthony Blinken. I mean, he seems like an interesting guy no, to talk I, to. I just, that's such a weird one. I, don't, I like, cannot think of anybody else. He's been in the news all week. What do you want from he me? He has been in the news a lot. I'll, I'll give you that. What, what, I don't even know the like the chairman of the Fed. I'm just saying. like uh, Jerome Powell? I will take an interview from anybody in the current or former administration. 
Daniel, I will interview I don't Donald Trump. You if you want me to, US. I'll do it, guys. No, no, no. I'll do it on the show. I draw I'm sure Donald Trump still uses a Galaxy S3. Like, let's be honest. I would listen to you interview Donald Trump is all I'm going to say. All right, don't I you remember when Alex Doby, like, uncovered... Far, far don't you remember away. when we uncovered the mm. phone that he used? He used, like, a Galaxy S20, a Galaxy S3. Yes. Like, a true highlight of my time as editor-in-chief of Android Central. Jules, if you cut any of this, I, I quit the show. <laughs> All right, that's Please it. Please cut all of it. Uh, Ara, Will, thank you so much for being here. As always, thank you for listening. We love hearing from you. Podcast at androidpolice.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Also, we might not be back in full swing next week because that's Thanksgiving and Black Friday, but we'll see. That's not next week. That's the week after. What is the future of this brand aside from powering the fitness stuff on the Pixel Watch? Does it make sense for Google to continue releasing Fitbit senses? I don't know. I just don't know what the future of this company is, I guess is where. That's the through line for every episode of this podcast. <laughs> yeah. Again, I probably should have waited to bring this up until the piece was live because I also want to break we down. We wouldn't have let you. We just we would, <laughs> would have just talked about it. Anymore. Yeah. It's easy to see how like that pipeline exists. Of, like Android's bad because I used a Galaxy A12 for three years. I'm buying an iPhone. We keep teasing this, and <laughs> Jules keeps like giving us new versions of the Transist podcast logo. But the reality is like my goal in life is not to host an Android podcast.